Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hello, everybody. I'm excited today to have a, I consider her a neighbor because she's in Atlanta, but Kathy London. And Kathy is originally from London, right? I am, yes. (laughs) She has the most wonderful accent. Okay, so Kathy is pretty impressive. I'm I'm glad to have her on today. She worked in corporate America for 25 years in the IT arena, and then she started her own company, called Smart Women on Fire. And y'all have got to check out this website. It has amazing videos and articles. Kathy, you're a really good writer too. Oh, thank you so much for that. Really appreciate that. You're welcome. But her company, um, basically she trains and works with um, executive coaches, I mean, executive leaders and people who are sort of high performers and they are feeling the strain and about to burn out and she works with them on their transformation. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I like to try and catch them before they burn out. Right. So while they're in that, you know, it's a journey or it's a, you know, levels and, you know, we want to try and catch you before you burn out because that's no fun. And I've been there several times and we want to catch you before you get there. Yes, that's how you sort of got into this whole role, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, As you said at the beginning, so I was a corporate senior manager for almost 30 years in the IT space. Um, Started off in the UK and then uh, came over to the States for what should have been one or two years. (laughs) Um, And it's been, I think I was telling you, it's been like 28, 29 years now. And and for people asking, I came over when I was seven because they're going to be like, well, how old are you? So anyway, (laughs) I know I tell that all the time and it's like, it's not funny anymore. But uh, yeah, so I was in that leadership role for many years in, um, you know, fast paced IT consulting, management consulting, jetting around, uh, serving clients like the Coca-Cola company, Hewlett Packard, you know, all the big Mm -hmm. names, the Fortune 500 companies. And uh, yeah, and then I hit my wall. Um, It was funny because, you know, friends and peers and co-workers and parents were all living vicariously through me because they're like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. You have the best job in the world. Mm -hmm. You get to travel. But then there's a dark side of it. Right. The dark side of success. And uh, I hit a wall and, uh, you know, I I hit burnout myself. So, yeah, that's that's how I got into it. How did you do you mind telling us about the burnout, how that happened? Did it sneak up on you or? Did you yeah. see it coming? So, um, yeah. so no, I didn't see it coming because when you are, as you mentioned at the beginning, a high performer, as many of us are, and I'm sure many of your listeners are, we are just going 
um, we're always on, if you like, right? We're mm-hmm. always on. So you're just doing what the world needs you to do or what your management needs you to do or what your clients need you to do. And so I found that I was on two speeds. It was go, 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 mm-hmm. or stop and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> go, 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 stop and sleep. And um, so it crept up. I mean, I was making excuses why I would spend more time at work. Um, at the time I was engaged when it kind of hit its uh, peak, I was engaged, but couldn't spend any time with my fiance. Uh, yeah. Right. So I was just always, always, always at work. And so you don't realize it, but it's burnout. It just kind of creeps up on you. Yeah. And the key thing for me is that there were warning signs and I ignore those warning signs. So then it gives you a, a right, left, right, a jab, hook, jab, uh-huh. <laughs> and it takes you down. So yes, there um, it, it sneaks up on you, but there are warning signs if you don't take notice of those warning signs like anyone I tell you that you know then it will it's it's not sneaking it's coming it's coming and if you don't take note then it will just like take you down yeah well I want to talk about those warning signs but I also wanted to say for our listeners who are thinking well I'm not really a peak performer I'm not jetting around the country burnout can happen to a teacher burnout can happen to any a stay-at-home mom (laughs) anybody it can happen to literally anyone um more and more as I've got into the work now helping uh, you know people who were were like I was if you like I realized that it can happen to any of us at any point Mm -hmm. in time so you don't you're right you don't have to be a high achiever but you're you are typically doing something in life and you've almost lost sight of who you are and you're just mm-hmm. going do you know what I mean you're just fulfilling a need and yes. in a way and this can get a little deep you almost can fall into having a narcissistic relationship with your work of sorts right because mm-hmm. it's like give me give me give me and in my case I became a workaholic right so I was just working 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 became a workaholic so that's how um you know that's how it, but yeah it can happen to anyone it's not it's not about high achievers not about status it can happen to anyone yeah. no I think that's a good point that um yeah you're on that hamster wheel and you just don't realize that you're go 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 and you're getting some kind of fulfillment from it like you said you were getting it was filling up some part of you and maybe it was narcissistic. Um, yeah, it's it's weird because I remember um, I was at a leadership conference with my team. So I was one of the senior managers. And I remember my boss saying, okay, you know, congratulations, you won consultant of the year for the oh, wow. umpteenth time again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, they're like, what's next for you? What's next for you? And I remember clearly <laughs> not being able to articulate what was next. And I actually said the words, I said, I suppose in some kind of crazy kind of sort of way, um, I, I enjoy what I, I'm doing, but I, I don't know if I really was, but that was the response that came out of me. Yeah. Because what they wanted was then to take you to the next level and uh-huh. the next level and the next level. So it's kind of a reward for great work that we do. Um, and, and some of us want it, but if we don't take time to take care of ourselves along the way, then the reward we get doesn't always serve us well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 
Gosh. Yeah. I've been there so I can relate. Yeah. yeah. So what were your signs? Relationships? You said you were engaged. Yeah. So relationship was a big one for me. Um, so my fiance at the time, he, we're no longer together. So that's, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that over wine, <laughs> but that was a whole different reason. Just so the listeners know, they're like, okay, what happened? But uh, yeah. So he, um, he ended up moving down from the DC area and we were he and he moved down to be with oh, me wow. if you like in the area and uh, it was just at that time that I got promoted and uh, he obviously he's in a new city doesn't really know anyone yeah and there I am like working I'm like oh, I've got one more meeting I'll be right home right home but then instead of working nine to five it ended up being like you know eight to eight yeah. but not really it, it, even longer than that sometimes so relationship was a key one and I never really had time for the relationship and if I did it was like hey yeah let's do something real quick okay great I've got, I've got work now do you know what I mean or yeah. when I got home he would make dinner I wasn't home for dinner you know things like that um so that was one of them the other thing which was a big sign which I was ignoring was my weight uh-huh so my health and, and weight and I wasn't taking um, really paying attention to that. And so I had, uh, as one does, gradually been increasing in size. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm saying it nicely, right? And uh, the scale was going up and my waistbands were getting wider and all that type of things. And I was just slowing down. And I remember at one point going to see the doctor and uh, and, I, and I say this and it's, it's like super funny. And she did my BMI, you know, when uh-huh. they do your height weight proportion and she goes well you're in that category and I can't remember I was like 180 or something Uh so for my height it's probably not that right um, bad but it's still in the you know BMI zone of being obese so she goes well you're on the borderline of being obese so my response was I'm just big boned so you know that's what it is I'm just I'm just big boned you know like doctor you don't know what you're talking about you start making excuses (laughs) exactly right so I started making excuses for um for not taking care of myself so that was another sign and the other key sign for me um was not wanting to go to work Anymore. Oh yes that's a so, definite sign. Yeah so Sundays at noon mm-hmm. my anxiety would kick in like every Sunday without fail I would be like oh my god oh my god I got on a plane oh my god, oh my god. you know and it just yeah. just it just that that thing in your belly when it could be excitement or fear except it wasn't excitement it was fear for me and there's the anxiety that I wasn't I wasn't going to travel until the very next day probably at you know, zero dark 30 in the morning, but still that anxiety and anticipation. Yeah. I was like, oh my, oh my, what, you know, uh-huh. and it was just like, uh, always feeling. So there's some warning signs that, uh, that really um, I, I ignored for many, many years. And I'm guessing you could have used somebody like you, but did you have anybody around you who was like talking sense to you? And so, no, I didn't, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is an imp- the impetus for the work I do now. So I talked to some peers and um, so I was working with some clients Some clients were going through the same thing, like okay. clients who, my clients. So they were like, oh my God, there's so much to do. How are we going to get this deadline? And, and I would be the one that taught them off the ledge, yeah. right? Because that's what I did. I'm like, you know, it's okay. Take time for yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, ignoring my own signs that's myself, Right. right? And then um, as that went on, it got to a point where um, 
I realized that it was time to do something for me and not just, you know, I, I, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Do you know what I mean? And when uh-huh. I did speak to my peers, they were like, um, their solution was to self-medicate. Yeah. And that's not what I wanted to do. That they were wasn't like, just get on a medicine. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah. When I go home at night, I take X, Y, and Z, whatever that yeah. was. I take this or I take that. And I'm like, uh, something wrong with this picture because I could see myself yeah. spiraling down. And I have to make you laugh because there was a point <laughs> when things were really crazy at the office. And, um, one of my clients just called me so much stress and anxiety. Um, and the person will remain nameless, but I just, it, it just, just because, but so much stress and anxiety. And it's like, you know, get to the office, get in the meeting. Blah, blah, blah. And there was a point when I was like, okay, I need to take something. So I went to, um, I think here in America, you call it a, I can't say, see, we would say a herb shop. Oh, an herbalist. Yeah, herbalist. Yeah, because yeah. we say it differently. So I went there and I said, I need something for stress. So he's like, okay, it was a natural shock yeah. and whatever else. So he gives me these pills. I said, okay, when do I take them? He takes, take one, one a day before you go into a meeting if that's where you get the main stress from. So I remember I would sit in the car, you know, drive myself <laughs> to work. And I, the first day I popped open this, this, uh, the bottle and they were so huge. What you did was like, they were like the size of my thumb. And I was like, oh, I took them day one. I almost gagged and choked myself. That was day one. So I was like, day two, I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And I would try it again. I was like, okay, this has got to stop. So I, I put them in my glove compartment. I'm like, I have to find another way because they were so big. Yeah. They were so big hope. I was like, I was like choking myself. And I was like, there has to be another has to be another way to fight stress instead of choking on like horse pills that were supposed to reduce uh-huh. the stress. So yeah, so things like that happen. Well, and too. I like how you were trying to fix it. Like you were like, just yeah. fix the problem and I can yeah. keep going. Yeah. So at this yeah. point, were you thinking ahead to your future and thinking like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this for as long as I can? Or did you sort of see the writing on the wall and... Yeah, so what's interesting with management consulting is it's like probably some many professions or some professions it can be addictive in a way and I mean that from the standpoint is uh, it pays well yeah and you know what you're doing right so you are just on this uh, like you said on the hamster wheel so you're on autopilot so I was on autopilot and even though there were times I was like, oh my God, this is so stressful or whatever. You just keep going. Yeah. So you don't even think until there is a point where it says, okay, this is enough. You mm-hmm. just keep going and keep going. So I didn't know, this is what everyone else does, right? Yeah. My family are like, oh, you're doing great. You're doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're in this hotel, this hotel, you're doing this. And it's living vicariously through me. And I'm like, but really I was wearing a mask. Do you know what I mean? I was wearing a mask. So on the outside, I was supporting my team. I was there for my team. Mm -hmm. I was talking my team members and my clients off the ledge. But meanwhile, I was like on the ledge myself. You were living a lie. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yes, I didn't have someone like me. Like I realized that I wish I had a lifeline um, that I could have reached out to instead of being told, you know, just self-medicate, that's fine. So that's part of the work I do now is help um, provide a lifeline for those mm-hmm. um, professionals who are like, I feel something's out of sync. Yeah. You know, what is it that I need to do? How can I get back? How can I 
relight the fire. I'm all about like the fire in your belly Mm -hmm. and we all have a fire, but for most of us or some of us, when we're hitting burnout, that fire starts to dim, that flame starts to dim, right? It doesn't shine as brightly. So now a lot of the work I do is like, how can we get that fire back? Mm -hmm. How can you get fired up? How can you get excited about what you do and who you are? So a lot of us, you know, don't love who we are and don't love what we do. I'm like enough already. Yes. Life is too short. Yeah. Way too short. Yeah. I like how you describe it as the fire just dims. Your light is barely shining. And then you probably went through this, that voice in your head saying, you'd be crazy to leave this job. You'd be crazy to leave this income. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the position I was with the current, that company I was in at the time, I'd been there for 14 years. I think it was 14 years. So you don't just walk away from a job where you're one of the senior managers and you've been there for 14 years and the income and the, um, you're known, right? So when you're out there doing your thing, you're known. So yeah, all the voices all the time. um, But there was something stronger than the voice. Now, to be frank and to be honest, I decided at the time to take a career break. That was my, that's what I told myself. I'm like, you're uh-huh. taking a career break. I needed more than a vacation because I, I'd done vacations and I was doing yeah. vacations, but vacation means you've got to get back. Even if it was a week or two <laughs> weeks, right? And I used to, when I used to come back from vacation, it was super funny because I would, um, as a result of vacation, I would like have this thing I would call it my bliss meter how good I was feeling oh, at the yeah. end of my vacation and I always play a little um have a little fun with it and like I wonder how long I can hold on to my bliss for when I get back <laughs> to the office right two hours so I was, <laughs> hope I'm telling you there was one time I got back it was I think about 20 minutes like oh, I got no. back they're like hey Kathy you're back okay we need this we need that we need that with it I'm like what Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Did you, do you remember a specific moment when you were like, done, I am done. I am not going to try to stretch this out. I'm taking a break. I do. Uh, It was quite a profound moment actually, because I had told you a few minutes ago that I was engaged. So my fiance um, needed to have surgery. So he had to have colon surgery Mm-hmm. And I was overseeing a very large government project at the time with a huge team and I was in charge and things were you know, on schedule, behind schedule, all of this stuff that comes with, yeah. um, comes with running a large project. And I had to make a decision at that point, right? I'm like, okay, he's going in for surgery. Um, so I had to put things in place. So I had mm-hmm. to get another project manager to take over all of that. And I did that and I told my my leadership team, I'm going to be out for a few days. I said, because, um, you know, I've got to look after my loved one. And initially he thought it was my, my fiance thought it was going to be in surgery just for, or be in and out in three days. Okay. They ended up having complications. Oh, and wow. um, so they ended up taking out 10 inches of his colon, wow. which means like a longer recovery. Yeah. So there I am in the hospital, like they just done, did surgery and I'm by his side. And uh, the doctor comes in to tell him this news, like there were complications, you're going to have to convalesce for longer. And my phone is blowing up, oh, man. like my phone from the office. And uh, and it's like, hey, Kathy, we need to sign this invoice. We need you this, we need you there. We need that. And, I'm, and I put things in place. And so I had to make a decision right there and then. I tell people, it was, 
between my laptop or my loved one right yes so it's like what does one do I mean that was the pivotal point when I'm like something has to give because it was just more and more and more and in the type of work that I did the the better results you got which is an oxymoron really is whatever results you get which is great you got mm-hmm. promoted more and so you, you get more, more work. work and then you get more stress <laughs> and you get so yeah. you get more you know you don't like okay great that's a great project you did that let's put you on something nice and you're like oh she <laughs> can do this let's give her something more difficult so that was a pivotal moment yeah. I think when I I reflected I'm like what is this life all about mm-hmm. and uh it was time to do something. And it was the hardest decision ever. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, I, um, it, it was just the hardest decision. It was the hardest decision. I mean, having been in the industry for so many years and even in the company and, and all of that. Um, and, and I questioned and re-questioned myself and I didn't have anything I was going to, yeah. and I didn't have a plan. Um, yeah. which is what I don't recommend for people. This is why I help people now. Cause I didn't have a lifeline. <laughs> right. No, no. I was just like, I mean, I gave a month's notice cause you know, I was like, okay, I'll give a month's notice, yeah. which in the U S is more than enough. Right. Yeah. So I put things in place, had a transition plan, but uh, for my job, but didn't have a transition plan for me because I was so exhausted. I just yeah. needed to give myself time to be just to be yeah and it's not like caring for a loved one is relaxing I'm sure that was its own ball of stress yeah that's a whole nother story (laughs) so yeah that was its own ball of stress and then when he recovered then I was like okay now me what do I want to do yeah and the hardest thing I think once you make that decision if you don't have a plan Uh then it's like it's weird one day you wake up and you're like okay this is what I wanted I I wanted to be on my own schedule do my own Uh thing but then what do you do right because you go from being known right Right. in your organization with the name on the door with you know everyone like you know yes sir no sir three bags four sir to not no no one knowing your name yeah you had to let go of that whole identity yeah yeah it's it was huge and and it takes time to reestablish who you are and what you want and what's your new direction so yeah so uh, when you made the decision to take a career pause take a break leave Mm -hmm. your job. Did you feel an immediate sense of relief? Like, did you know that that was the right choice when you made it? I did. I knew it was the right choice, but as I shared it with other people, they didn't understand my choice. And so at times I was second guessing what I did. So for example, um, I would share with a few people, I'd be like, yeah, I, um, I, you know, I'm no longer working at X, Y, and Z or whatever. They're like, oh, what happened? Can you go back? Can you go back? What happened? Oh, what happened? What'd you do that for? You know, I say, yeah, I like quit you did something wrong. Yeah. They're like, can you go back? Can you go back? And that would bring my energy down. Yeah. Right. Because I felt I did, I had, um, taken a huge risk by doing something powerful and meaning yeah. and what I was sharing my journey with was with people who were in that I'm going to call it a swirl uh-huh. right that's what they were in so that's what they were used to so me quitting my job was like what do you do that for mm-hmm. you know and what I didn't have at the time were people who saw who believed in me like I I don't know if I believed in myself but said okay I hear what you've done 
what's next instead of that it was mm-hmm. like can you go back you know can you can you can you go back to what like you don't understand right so, yeah, yeah did you find that they were probably questioning their own like maybe I maybe I'm not happy at my job maybe I'm on this hamster wheel too and I think they thought it was a bold move and in all honesty I think they probably thought it was a silly move a silly bold move here you are um, someone who's got a great job, great pay, and what do you go do that for? Yeah. Um, I don't know, even though they were in their own, I'm going to call it funk or whatever they were with their job, they are so used to being on the treadmill of this is yeah. what one does. That they didn't have a vision that they could be another way. Yeah. You know, like when you're when you only know one way, when you're on the train of life, I call it, you're on the train, it's like, and I do sound effects like chukachum, chukachum, chukachum. It's my train of life, right? You're on yeah. the train of life, chukachum, chukachum. And if the train's going, it's just going, you're on that train. If you don't know, even though it's going past stations, uh-huh. if you don't know you can jump off and do something else, then you're just going to ride that train. It's true. And so yeah. what, what many of us do is just ride the train. And at times the train will slow down because there'll be a warning sign or there'll be a whistle. And we well, like we peek out, we're like, oh no, I don't want to jump off. And we stay on. Yeah. And before you know it, you know, 40, 45 years have gone by and, you know, we retire and then we're like, oh, what happened to life? So, yeah. yeah. So you said you woke up and you realized I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have a schedule, which was probably freeing but terrifying for a high performer yeah yeah it's it is exactly that it's freeing and one day goes to another day to another day and then I spent a few months just rumbling around and trying to discover I say discover myself whatever that means right yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah I'm trying to find myself it's like Kathy what does that really mean I'm, I have no idea <laughs> right because I was used to being on schedule on a clock yeah. and having a team and you know having guidelines and suddenly I could Uh, make myself and the funniest thing is as much as many of us want to become our own boss when we get that opportunity to do it we then like okay what happens now (laughs) because we're not always prepared for it Mm -hmm. and I wasn't prepared you know what I mean so I don't wish that on anyone unless you have a plan and if your plan is to do that that's fine I didn't have a plan. It was just a short-term decision. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. So what did you do to sort of discern what your next step was? Did you see a therapist? Did you journal? How did you figure that out? Yeah. I, for me, um, I didn't see a therapist. Um, I did a little, a little bit of journaling, but for me, I started exploring what I knew well. Mm-hmm. So I was in the world of um, being a management consultant and IT consultant. I was like, okay, what do I know well that I can continue doing? So initially I was going to go out and be a contractor. That's what I thought I would yeah. do. So kind of do, do the same thing. Yeah, I do the same thing, but just under my own terms. And then very quickly I realized, or, you know, I, I came to the conclusion that it's really doing the same thing, yeah. right? It was, it was exactly the same. I'd still be working for an organization um, and it would just be like, go, 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 go. So I decided that wasn't the route I wanted to go. So um, basically this time, this discovery time when you're like, what am I good at? What are my skills? And what's really, really interesting, Hope, is often, and this is what happened to me, because I was doing it when I'd left, I was like, okay, now I've got all this time. 
I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. Right? When you go from corporate or from a job to being in charge of your own life, as in not uh-huh. being on a schedule, there's so much that we don't know and don't realize we need to know, if that makes sense. So if you're, uh, for example, corporate employee, for example, there's certain tools and, and processes that you use in corporate, right? Back then, I think I was using micro, Microsoft Outlook and there was all these tools and stuff. And then when you go start doing it yourself, you realize like, oh, there's a cost to doing that. And there's this, yeah. and I need that. And I don't know how to use. And, you know, in the independent market, Outlook, it may not be outlook maybe you know it's it's google and you have to learn new tools you have to learn how to position yourself like marketing you have to learn mindset that was the big thing is mindset that was Uh the biggest thing is just spending time and getting clarity on your mindset and what you want and uh, eventually I ended up working with a coach um, who helped bring clarity to what I was doing and so um, yeah that's kind of started getting me on the right track Yeah. And then you also, didn't you go back and get a certification for fitness? I did. Yes. I love that because you are one fit lady. Y'all can't see her. She just talked about how she was overweight, but she is not. Uh, I was significantly overweight. Yeah. It was quite a transformation. So um, I, yes, I did. I went and got a certification in um, as a certified personal trainer, although I didn't want to become a personal trainer. I just wanted as I started spending more time on me, like, uh-huh. so I went back to health and wellness and I, you know, started working out a little more because you got to remember I left and I was like, you know, like I said, significantly heavier. And I was like, okay, I have to fix this. And then I just got into um, health and wellness a bit more. And at the same time, um, I also started doing indoor cycling as well. So I did indoor cycling, but also got certified as a personal trainer as well. So they are um, certifications and tools and techniques that I've actually integrate into the work that I do now. I also still for fun, it's my passion project is I love teaching indoor cycling and um, and it's uh yeah it's like it's it's like it's a different side of me you're a boss in the fitness room (laughs) yeah yeah like when we're in the studio lights go down I'm like let's bring it you know like I'm coaching from the bike I'm like like I'm known as a cycle therapist right so while I'm on the bike because I'm like it's you know here you are on a bike and you know it's a dark room and so I I bring I create experiences for people that's what I do so they come into the room and we fire it up and it's a live studio and we have a bikes loud music you know it's like a rock concert right with lights and loud music and I'm like let's go like and it's like once that mic goes on I'm like let's roll and we just go 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 pound it out sweat it out sometimes we laugh sometimes we cry there's so much um so much emotions that can be really you can channel them and release it and yeah I love motivating people to do their best while they're on a bike or fitness so yes I do um health and fitness as well I can see how coaching that would would um help you coach anybody in any arena yeah and so I love integrating that as an element in the work that I do so because I feel that you know I said to you there's two things that often people lose sight of they don't love who they are and they don't Mm -hmm. love 
the work they do. Yes. So I'm on a mission to change that, to help people really love who they, if you don't like who you are and what you do, mm-hmm. then, Hey, quit talking about it and do something about it. That's what I say. Right. Yeah. And, uh, they both tie into burnout because often their result is like, no, let's change this bad boy around and get you fired up so you can get back to doing what you love. And it may take a while, but you've got to come with that self belief and that conviction to yes. do the work that you're meant to do. Yeah. And I always say, how you do anything is how you do everything. So 100% stinking with your habits, with your health, you're going to not be very devoted to yourself in other ways. Exactly. 100%. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did it take once you left your job before you got the idea to start Smart Women on Fire? So It took me, um, it was probably maybe, I think, three months to come up with the name. Okay. Because as I mentioned, when I left, there's an initial high and then there's a dip. Yeah. Right. So there's a high, like, oh my God. And then you're like, you know, one day you get up, you do this next day, you do it. And then after you're like, okay, this is not as easy. And then you get a dip. Yeah. So I, I dipped my Uh energy drained and a little bit of it getting into a funk and started going down again. It's like, what, what am I doing? And the question comes up, do I go back? Uh Right. Cause that does come up. I'm not going to deny. You're going to be like, Oh, what do I do? What have I done? Do I go back? But I knew the reason why I'd left. Right. I wanted something different for myself. And so what happened, which is where the name came from is uh, I remember, um, I think it was sitting lying down one day under the covers. And I said to myself, I had all the conviction in my heart and I was like, damn it. I'm a smart woman and I'm on fire. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I'm going to call my company smart women on fire because it has to be other women like me yes. who've got a fire in their belly and we can go do something in the world and, and that's kind of how it was I created it. it's like okay there are women who are on a mission to do something different yeah but we don't always have the tools or the courage to do it mm-hmm. and uh, we're often locked in one mode and it's like let's tweak things let's tweak that dial and get you back doing what you're meant to be doing in life. So, yeah. yeah. Did you find that once you threw out that proclamation that women started sort of finding you? Yeah. I mean, well, yes, eventually, but then, so having the name is one thing, right? And then there's this journey of building a business, which is then, you know, what's the message? What do you stand for? Mm-hmm. How do you get a website? All the things that come with it. So, I knew I was a smart woman on fire and I had this thing like, oh yeah, I want to help smart women on fire, but help them do what, right? Now I'm a lot more articulate with what I do and how I do it. But at the time you're like, well, I'm a smart woman on fire. Like, so what, you know, do you know what I mean? So there's a lot that comes with going independent is being very clear on your messaging. Like what is your message to the world or to your audience or out there because often often you're just speaking into a void so what is that message that you're putting out there and then Mm -hmm. who are the people you want to work with yeah it happens to be called smart women on fire but where are these women you want to work with where do you find them how do you make connections and you've got to remember most of the women that I knew at the time were in corporate right Mm -hmm. that's what they were but yeah but and they're not trying to leave their job 
So me approaching them and saying, hey, are you a smart woman on fire? They're like, go away, Kathy, because (laughs) we're fine. You know, you may have done something silly, but, uh, you know, we're not doing something silly. We're staying with our job. So then you have to rethink how do you reach out or how do you connect with the right women? And that's the journey it takes. So it's not like they come flocking. You want to believe that, yeah, they're going to come flocking. But the reality is it takes longer than um, just longer than that. It takes clarity and courage and so many other things. Yeah. Yeah. And you've brought up a good point. You have to speak in their language because they may not be thinking like, I am headed towards burnout. Yeah. They don't see that. So you have to sort of get in their heads and think, what are they thinking? Yeah. you, You have to be very attuned to what your ideal client or the people you want to help, um, the problems they're going through. Because what happens is as you're on your journey building your business or whatever it is you're doing, you start coming up with new vocabulary because you're like, I help women, you know, making it sound sexy and good, Mm -hmm. right? But now your ideal client doesn't identify with that because, you know, and even if it's as easy as burnout, a lot of them don't want to admit it's burnout, right? So now I realize we don't necessarily talk about burning out. Maybe it's a bit more okay now, Mm -hmm. but it's like, what's the opposite side of that? What are people wanting to do so they prevent burnout, right? So a lot of people don't want to say, hey, I'm burnt out. You know what I mean? Because it's still very taboo. Yeah. So it's really, that's why we want to catch people when they realize, hey, I'm starting to feel not quite myself. Yeah. I love that. How did you, um, you started doing retreats like all around the world? Yeah. So um, part of what I do, I talk to you about a little bit about well-being and embodiment. So I do a lot of embodiment work in what I do as well. And one of my programs that I love is all about helping women slow down to speed up. So it's creating a retreat experiences because what happens is we can't we can't often get access to the self-care that we need. Right. And while I was working when, during my career, what I used to do to try and find respite was to go to luxury spas around yeah. the country and like go hide away. Like literally I would, there was one place that I checked myself into for a week. Like you get to live in a spa for a week. Wow. And I was like, oh, and, I, and I, it was just so good. Do you know what I mean, it was just yeah. so good. And that's how I recalibrated So often I find that we don't have time to that. You can't just take a week off and go somewhere. Uh So what I do is create those experiences on a more local level, Um, sometimes locally here where I am in Atlanta, or I can do one for a group, often corporate women. So they're often like leadership retreats or leadership offsites where we can take um, a group of women and just really help them recalibrate and recharge. Um, So we're doing them locally. And then we also have um, a big retreat coming up again for a small number of women, but it's a large event. It's five days, four nights out in Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, which I love. Like I said, it's it's all the care I wish I had and be creating it for the people. Yeah, It's genius that you're using your skills in the corporate world to help women who are in the shoes that you were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I just, if I can just help one woman at a time, because there's no reason why 
we should have to operate under those circumstances. Yeah. And it's about regaining control of our lives ourself because mm-hmm. often we've just handed over the keys to the car and let someone else drive the car for us. Yes. So I am like, hey, listen, you're still in the driving seat. Look at the warning signs. Imagine being in the dashboard, in your car, and the dashboard goes off. And uh, do you just ignore them? You don't, you do something about it, right? So, yeah, so, yeah. I love that. If you could go back and tell your younger self, the burned out you, if you could give you any advice, what would it be? Uh, If I could give myself advice, it would be to um, make time for me. I think that as we are in this rat race, there's often just one speed do you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. just like go and we're all over performers overachievers whatever it is and you know if I did miss an email or two or three who cares now yeah do you know what I mean but at the time I would work you know I would support my team all day so get there super early support my team all, all day and then come back home and then still check emails wow. be up at midnight checking emails because that's what was expected and to some detriment I'd created that as well yeah right because you always were playing catch-up so I was like okay let me try and get ahead of the curve so, but you never do catch up mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so if I could go back and and say hey listen come up with more strategic ways and tools and get help. You don't have to mm-hmm. do this alone. Um, I, I always say there's an African proverb that we say is it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm a strong believer that it takes a village to support a very powerful professional and you don't have to do it alone. Yes. So whatever help it is that you need, and it may be, you know, mind, body, soul, there's a lot of things that go mm-hmm. on that complement who you are. And by taking, um, by, by listening to the warning signs and taking action, you're investing, yes. you're investing in the machine that is you, you're investing in self. And unless you invest to make yourself better, can you perform better? And that's why when we start ignoring the warning signs, because we haven't invested in ourselves. So we haven't invested time, energy, money, whatever it is to make ourselves better. We often spend more time on our cards or on Mm -hmm. other peripheral stuff than we do on ourselves. So that's what I would tell my younger self. Yeah. It goes back to self-love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You are on fire. (laughs) Really? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have loved this conversation and I think listeners are going to get so much out of it. I think some of them may be afraid to admit they're headed down that path or maybe they're where you were and they just don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, if I could give them some advice is often the thing that keeps them exactly where they are. Um, Sometimes it's a job, sometimes it's a team, but in the end, it comes down to financial stability. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, because, you know, when you're in a position where you're like, oh, I can't leave the job because, you know, you're still doing it, but it's it's mainly because of the money. You're like, I need the money. Mm -hmm. So it's about taking control you know, it's more to, I will say there's more to life than money, but money plays a role in who we are and what we mm-hmm. do. And that can be in the often case, that's why people keep doing work they don't love 
because they're like, they are tied or connected with the income that generates because they've created a lifestyle that they need that money to support. You are right. So, you know, so, and I found for myself, like as a student, I didn't earn very much. I can't remember. Um, but my lifestyle was comparable to that. Mm-hmm. And as I became more and more senior and, you know, got more staff, then I had more staff and more debt, more expenses, yep. more this. And so now you have to support it. So if I can say anything to all your listeners is if you have a vision to do something maybe a little different mm-hmm. is to start getting control of your financial household. Yeah. Like start looking at the numbers, like mm-hmm. what will it take? What, what can you um, not necessarily eliminate, but streamline, you know, where can you, because we don't need all the stuff and I'm going to call it stuff yeah you know to to survive I mean you're fine you can streamline a lot of that stuff but we buy more and more like we shop a lot we do this we don't don't really need all of that to survive yeah so that's the big once you can separate that those two things and separate the fact that okay if I'm going to do something different then I need to have some sort of financial independence Mm -hmm. and you may build that financial independence over the next year, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but with that vision in place to say, okay, I'm going to do something. I don't know what, when, whatever, but if I can have financial independence, then like you're in total 100% control of what Mm -hmm. you want because no one can tell you anything, right? If you have that financial stability, you're like, okay, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? And if someone like messes you up at work and you don't want to do it, you're like, okay, I'm out. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, make a plan. Yeah. Hire somebody if you need to hire a financial advisor. Yeah. Yeah. Not even advisor, just somebody to help you plan it out, to plan your escape hatch. Yeah, I call it uh, one of the plans that I uh, put together and I work with some clients on is what I call the corporate escape plan, right? So what it is, (laughs) it's that corporate escape, which is not an overnight thing, but it takes time. So what's the strategy, right? What is it you want to do? What's the strategy? How long is it going to take? What's the money side of that? What's the time side of that? If you're going to work on something um, down the line, then how can we start spending a little time on that now yes given the fact that you're already exhausted given the fact that you're already Mm -hmm. working too much given all of that but how can you start to invest in yourself a little bit or the notion on the idea so you can start building those things so I would say financial literacy Mm -hmm. um, is key to deciding which way you want to go and then you know we obviously hear about you know making sure you have x number of dollars saved Mm -hmm. but yes that's part of it but you need to have the financial literacy it's like what's your budget what do you need to survive on you know not to say you're not going to go to another job going to another job may or may not fix the issue because you're just carrying the same baggage Uh (laughs) onto the next different pasture different grass same grass exactly exactly (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I love this thank you so much for all your pearls of wisdom you're welcome yes it's been a pleasure chatting with you today yes tell our listeners where they can find you and when your book's coming out I'm just kidding you don't have a book as far as I know but you should no my book is in the works actually yes the book is in the works it will be coming out in fall it will be coming out so towards the end of this year the book is called fired up 
Awesome. Good title. Yeah. Get enough fired up so that we can achieve more without burning out. Right. Because that's what we want to do. So, yes, that will be coming out towards the end of 2021. And the best way for listeners to reach me is two places. They can go to kathylondon.com. And that will get you to me and or Smart Women on Fire. They both go to the same place. So kathylondon.com will take you to where you need to go. Yes. And that's K-A-F-I for Kathy. Yeah. Kathylondon.com. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Hope. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. I love talking to Kathy and I love her name too. And I love her accent. I love everything about her. So here we go. And I will was going to read these in a British accent, but I'll spare you. All right. So number one, look for signs of burnout, narcissistic relationship to your work. That's one sign. Being a workaholic, neglecting your weight, your health, your relationships. If you feel fear and anxiety about going to work, or if you just do not want to go to work. Those are all signs. Number two, when we're high achievers, we often get accolades for working harder and achieving more. But this is a recipe for burnout. Often the better results you get and the harder work you harder you work, the more assignments and the more work you'll get. So it's like this bad cycle you get caught in. Number three, if you suspect burnout, you've got to slow down or you'll crash and burn. Financial stability with your job might be the thing keeping you stuck. And if your lifestyle doesn't change, you'll never be able to let go of the job and the money. So you've got to sit down, figure out what it'll take to survive, and come up with an escape plan. Number four, remember the goal is to relight that fire in your belly. Burnout means that the fire has dimmed, your excitement's gone, and you need to figure out what it is you really want, what lights you up. Ask yourself these questions. What do you do really well? What are your skills, i.e., what are you good at? And what do people need that you can give? And lastly, number five, try to come up with a transition plan instead of just jumping ship. Kathy says that while you still have an income, it would be smart to invest in someone who can help you with a financial game plan and also help you with your mindset and your clarity about what it is you really want to do. All right. If y'all liked more information on Kathy, come on over to the website at hopethepa.com. Thanks again. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I would also love it if you would leave a review on Apple iTunes. That helps me reach more people. So please do it. And lastly, if you want more of what you heard today, you can go on over to my website at hopethepa.com. And I have created this little amazing free ebook called Your Guide to Hacking the Life Machine. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. It has lots of yummy things in it. All right, y'all take care and I will see you next week.